Welcome to episode 60 of the Half Point Per Podcast. We've hit yet another round number to start off the new year. I'm joined by my guest, actually my co-host, should have been guest, Dalton Willie. I was looking down at my phone, and producer, Johnny Fan. Johnny, I made a really important, speaking of guests, this is a, a oh transitioning, a bungled intro into actually something here. I made an important discovery as a guest in Dalton's apartment over the weekend, and I know I already talked about it off air. I had to bring this discussion on air for the pod, though. Dalton does, in fact, have a bed frame. This is breaking, major oh, breaking news. For Dalton anyone that's besides known Dalton himself for, right now. For I, anyone that's known Dalton for any length of time, you know this is like a big deal. Except, actually, the frame is not a big deal. It's a very little deal. It's about this tall. I like to be low to the ground when I sleep. I feel safer. I feel better, and I can just fall right into my bed. It, it's very nice, and you get like this little rush when you're yeah, falling in. You fall four feet into it's, your bed. Some of us aren't six feet tall, Johnny. Okay, short oh, kings. You're right, you're right, short kings. But that's like a that's not going to be good for your back, your knees getting out of bed. That has to be tough. Like waking up. Well, you know what? Why we're I'm, on imagine, to announcements? Imagine if Dalt never has like an injured knee, like a severely injured knee, and has to get up and and into that bed often. That's gonna be tough. He's done. I'll. I just won't get injured. I mean, on to announcements. I guess for a second year in a row, I might take my fantasy league winnings and buy a bigger bed frame just to satisfy the viewers and the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. That would be that would be great because literally no, like no 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 you're not you're gonna spend it on your Jeep. We've already discussed this. I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. And for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, hello YouTube. You should watch on YouTube. But if you're not, literally, I'm pretty sure the frame was as tall as this phone. Like I think that's uh, about. That's, I think that was the right size. It's not as wide, but it's about, about no, no, it's not wide, but like just like height, height wise. wise. I think we're looking at like a solid, like maybe a little, maybe, maybe like ten inches, or, or or maybe ten inches off the ground. Still, I think it's probably like eight at most. <laughs> it's incredibly but, comfortable. Live yours. <laughs> but um, want to say congratulations to Dalton for winning the Dynasty Fantasy Football Championship on a. Very weird, wacky year. Some would say there's an yep. asterisk with it, but some some, might would, not. some would say that this anyone who won this year is the luckiest fantasy football champion of all time, Johnny. That's just what some would say. Some I don't would think say I, I, that. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would say that, but I might. But I know some for sure. Would. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real. Congrats, Dalton. It's obviously you were what two and five at at some point in the season so it was definitely a, a big time rally by your team i was two and five and it took some work but we figured it out the running joke is i had 666 points scored so i made a deal with the devil and we came out alive with the fantasy win and we'll see dalton if your fantasy mvp or lvp was on your squad and that's what we've got Today we're looking back at preseason stuff. We'll we'll do that first, and then of course, as I've mentioned in the tweets on the YouTube title here, and on the podcast title, if you're listening there, we're unveiling our fantasy MVP, our LVP, and we're gonna highlight one waiver wire hero each that that really came through for teams, you know, at any point in the season, but especially down the stretch. And we'll call that one the. Cordero Patterson award because he he would be the obvious winner and neither of us are are allowed to pick him as the winner for that one. 
Yeah, and if you tell me you drafted Cordero Patterson, you're a liar, and everybody here he, knows. He, he went in the 20th round of our Dynasty League, so I know for a fact he wasn't drafted anywhere. I drafted him in our Dynasty League, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, then and then I dropped him, him and, then and then I picked then... him up, and then I dropped him, and I ended up not owning him when I needed him. <laughs> yeah, I think all that happened before there was even, like, one game played. So, so oh, yeah. 100%. He didn't play a single game on my team, but I dropped him and added him a bunch. <laughs> but first, let's look back at some of the preseason stuff. Player props, team over-unders, and just player bets. We had a lot of stuff um, that we bet head-to-head before the season this year. And I have to go back and look, but Dalton, didn't we tie in this last year too? And our tiebreaker was a DraftKings head-to-head. In the we did. That's that exactly what we did. We tied again this year. Now we scored differently in different categories, so we can we can break it up. But we tied. I think. Yep. We're both. To scroll a little bit on our doc, we're both nineteen and sixteen overall. Um, we have a couple of outstanding bets, so it's possible. And and we're both different on. I think it's two of them that could be flipped. So we're both different. So it is possible we don't end in a tie, but it's looking likely. So we might have to figure out a tiebreaker for that, but I'll run through them real quick. If you want to stop me and talk about any of them, we definitely can. We should talk about some of them, but obviously there's a lot, there's 35 things here. So we're not going to talk about everyone very in depth, but the first one here, Christian McCaffrey, his over under for rushing yards was 1,025 and a half. That one giant. I took the over Dalton took the under and he nailed that one. Uh, I'm going to say that was mostly due to injury, but you know what? It is what it is. I can predict injuries, actually. That's my call on that one. Great. I need you to manage my dynasty team for me <laughs> next year then. <laughs> so it's funny. I thought, because I did yours first, then mine, then Johnny's. I thought after the first five, I was like, there's no shot. I'm anywhere close to Dalton. You literally got, I think, the first three right, and you're four and one in the first five. I was one and four, and Johnny was two and three in, in the first five. We both rebounded, though. Josh Jacobs, that over-under was 11 and a half rushing yards. I took the over. I was a believer. You guys both took the under. Technically, it's not over yet, but you'd have to, you'd have, to have a record-breaking day to, to get there. So that's, I think, pretty firmly on the under. Well, he didn't even play a full season. He missed two games, didn't he? Yeah, he missed a couple of games. So he would have at least been maybe within striking distance. But he did have a lot of low yardage. He, he had like a stretch where he wasn't getting over 40 rushing yards for like three, four, five weeks. Oh, I think that was crazy. the stretch where I went on the rant. Like, hey, maybe like give him the ball a little bit more. You guys might stop losing. And they've done that a little bit more lately. And they have not lost as often. We'll find out if they lose this Sunday in a very fun game. This one was one that was especially painful for me. Jalen Hurts, his over-under was 3,700 and a half. I pretty much said before the season, this is pretty much a bet on whether or not you think he's going to play the whole season. I know he missed, I think it was one game. And a quarter. One game and a quarter. So if he literally plays every game, he would be very he's 600 yards behind it right now so he would have maybe gotten it but even then their identity completely shifting from passing to running really hurt giant eyes chances there dalton again got that one with the under another one that is is painful here is patrick mahomes his over under was five thousand fifty and a half. 
passing yards. I think maybe if Tyree Kill just caught like half of his drops this year, he might have already hit this over, or at least he'd be on pace. He's about 500 yards short right now. Heck, he should have had 60 more yards just on one play last week. But that one's going to be an under. He does. I mean, he needs 500 passing yards. So, like, not impossible, but probably not happening. I think we should go back to Jalen Hurts, and probably now is a good chance. We talked about him not playing a full 16, mm-hmm. and that was kind of where the bet was. Do we think the Eagles retain him in the offseason? I mean, they're playoff bound. They they are officially a playoff team. If you're a dynasty owner, <clears throat> a.k.a. me, uh, do you <laughs> – how do you feel about Jalen Hurts going forward? Obviously, the Eagles have three first-round picks in the second half of the draft right now. It's very, very interesting. Our league champ is asking me for unsolicited advice on, <laughs> on his roster here. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no idea. I Like, I have zero read. I guess what I would say is I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback to replace them, which early on when he was really struggling, I think people thought even that was, like, at least as likely as him coming back. But I think it's either he's coming back or they're making a trade. Like, there's not someone in free agency they're going to sign that's better than him. It's either going to be – be Russ or or Deshaun Watson, right? Like if it's either of those guys, you, you really can't you can't predict that. You can't really make any moves thinking that's going to happen or not. I think you just hope that whichever team trades their quarterback to Philly, if that were to happen, I think you hope that either they like Hurts enough to have him come back there or a third team like was rumored with Tua when the Deshaun Watson talks were heating up quote unquote, when Washington would would have apparently been willing to jump in and take him. You hope there's another team that's willing to jump in and take Jalen Hurts. There are a lot of teams who should be willing to jump in and take Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks out there. So going forward, uh, you know, and this off season, we'll probably talk about this a lot, but I think over the second half of the season, the Eagles averaged almost as much rushing yards as the Ravens did two years ago. They were like a real ground and pound offense. Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to evaluate some of those, the running backs and their two pass catchers? Cause there's only two relevant players on that receiving core in this off season. Well, I think the pass catchers, I, I think with, with Dallas Goddard, you kind of have to slot him as like a top six tight end, I think. But Devonte Smith, I think as long as Hertz is there, and this is the offense they're running. Like he's going to be a good player, like top 30 receiver, but his upside is definitely capped just given the, the situation he's in right now, I think. Yeah. What about running back? I, I, I think they move on from Miles Sanders. Do you- I think he has one more year on his oh, deal God. though, doesn't he? Like, I think he's going to be back and then they won't. Cause he and David Montgomery are both, I, I think their contracts align. Cause I think Montgomery also has one more year. Um, and then hopefully we get the Cleo Herbert show after that in, in Chicago. But I think Sanders will be back, assuming he's got one more year, and they should not and probably will not sign him to a second contract. So you're right. He he does. 2022 is his last season. Um, I mean, I think you just have to hope he stays healthy. He got hurt. Like, it, it, like yeah. at every turn, the, there were never any major, major injuries that knocked him out for like two months, like some guys. But it was just like, like the other day, it's like, oh, he broke his hand. Oh, he twisted his ankle. It's like, okay, he's out for another two weeks. Another two well, weeks. It's like if he, he, did, if he just could have stayed healthy, I think he would have had a pretty nice year. When he did his best Jacoby Myers, Dwayne Bow impression, yeah. and he went like 130 touches without a touchdown. It was, I mean, I guess he's 
he probably slots in your top 20, right? Just being on that offense and that line. And yeah, I would have him. In a, I think I had him like in the 18, 19 range this last off season. I'd probably have him there. I'm not looking to like go out and buy him in dynasty. Cause I think there's long-term concern, but if you're just talking redraft value, yeah, I think he's probably a top 20. Yeah, he'll also be 25 this off season. So he's mm-hmm. getting old. Getting old, twenty five. That's, <laughs> that's the, that. That's a depressing thing to to have said to this twenty seven year old. Uh, David Montgomery. Speaking of him, his over under was one thousand seventy five and a half. He, I, I don't have his total in front of me, but I think he was pretty clearly like 300, 400 yards away. He obviously missed some time too, but even if he didn't, I don't think he would have got there. Uh, Anything to add on Dave Montgomery, or are we just we we hoping? I I think I think what I said sums it up for me entirely. Is he'll be back next year? He'll be the starting running back unquestioned. It seems like. I guess it kind of depends on Tariq Cohen if he can bite into the passing game a little bit if he ever comes back. But I think we're all hoping that he is gone next year after next year and we get Khalil Herbert unleashed in in Chicago. Yeah, I was gonna say kind of a bummer because outside of well, two one hundred yard games, Khalil Herbert outperformed Montgomery in most I think he's better I think he's better flat out better so it's pretty big big bummer but it looks like they're moving on from Matt Nagy so that offense could be interesting and Montgomery has shown a resurgence to be a little better his last two seasons Herbert could be if it's a if it is a new coach which I think we think it will be and it should be Herbert could have some value if he is being completely looked at as a pure backup like it's very possible that's what he is but he obviously has the upside like say that that backfield all of a sudden turns into the Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson uh down the stretch type of split like I think Herbert could have legit value both those guys will have legit value at that point if that happened but that's obviously a very big if that we just won't be able to know unless coaches are really telling us that's going to happen but they probably wouldn't tell us that yeah between Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Montgomery, and Herbert, that entire – and Tariq Cohen, since he'll probably play next season, hopefully. <laughs> they'll all be a very interesting debate this offseason, depending on who they bring in. Mm-hmm. So, Antonio Gibson. Now, this is the swing uh, bet right here. Johnny and I both – you know, Johnny and you both took the under – no, sorry, I'm messing this all up. Johnny and you took the over on 1,000 and a half rushing yards. I took the under. He needs 110 yards to hit this over. So not he'd need a big game, but it's not impossible. Did so, it against Seattle in <laughs> November 29th. Got 111. That's his only 100-yard rushing performance on the season. <laughs> he just got activated off the COVID list today, I believe. So it seems like he's playing this week. But, yeah, he needs 110 yards. So that that could be a big swing one. There's another one later on down, down the line that – We'll get to as well. This one was a gimme. This is definitely a summer show line. Cam Akers, 1,150 and a half rushing yards. Unless he has a very crazy one game in this game, he's apparently going to play in week 18. He's hitting the under on that one. Uh, James Conner, 600 and a half rushing yards. We all took the under. Apparently, James Conner is just very good. It's funny. He's like the RB like six, but he only has 700 rushing yards this season. (laughs) James Conner is inevitable. If only I would have predicted him to be this good like I did last season. 
James. Yep, that. Yep, that, yep. You did lose a James Conner bet last year. I did. Yep. Yes. You I should did. stop making player bets with me because you lost all of them. This yeah, year. we're gonna Although, talk about that later because I went zero for four on those. Yeah, and there's that. There's one that I know my stance. I'm pretty sure I know your stance. Giants gonna have to be the the judge on whether or not the bet stands or not. So there is one that could swing things depending on Johnny's decision. We'll get to that though. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we all said over on 1,350. I have 0.6, pretty sure that was 0.5 um, receiving yards. He is pretty solidly at the under. He probably was hitting the under even before the injury because he, along with that offense, had really slowed down. Um, Dalton, any any big picture points we should hit with Hopkins or is it just as simple as if he's healthy next year, he's probably like a late second, early third round pick again, because he's Deandre Hopkins. I mean, he probably is, but I kind of feel like we're getting that tail into his career now, at least as an elite wide receiver. I think he was at like a 19% target share before he, he kind of trailed off because of his injury. And how, then I, how, how old is Hopkins? Like he's 29. Like Adam Thielen's 31. Like are like are we sure that he can't still be good for a couple more years? I mean he can, like, but really him, and, him and Thielen do make their their money a little differently. And I just wonder if one, I have some questions about the Arizona offense and if it's not Seattle Russell Wilson 2.0 in their first and second half of the season splits, <laughs> uh, which worries me. But second of all, he's just he's so athletic and getting up and contesting the catch. And one of his big MOs used to just be getting the ball all the time. He was always targeted, and that just didn't happen when their offense was really rolling. And I wonder if that's by design or just by bad luck. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Not not a lot to to add there. There's a lot of mystery, obviously, around Hopkins and and that offense and what they actually are. So next year is going to be an interesting discussion, I think. And really, like we could have a a different running back there that we're talking about next year too. They're both free agents. Edmonds and Connor. Is it, is it finally Eno Benjamin time? The truthers. He's, have got, he's, he's gotten a couple carries the last couple of weeks. Oh God. Eno Benjamin hive has come unleashed and Evan Riggs is the leader of it. <laughs> uh, Johnny swiped him from me on the dynasty waiver wire. That was pain. Johnny has like every, every player that I love Johnny just has on his team. I wonder why. <laughs> well, so, J.K. Okay. Dobbins also tore his ACL, so I'll mention that. So I'll still take him. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll it's still okay. take him. I'll wait. I'll wait All it right. out. Will Fuller, 925 and a half receiving yards. I don't even know what he ended up with, but I know that was an under. We talked about Fuller. I think it's zero. I think I don't think he caught ball this season. He <laughs> never came sure. off IR. I'm pretty sure he caught. I'm pretty sure he played one game. Let me look. But we, we talked about Fuller pretty extensively either a week or two ago. So pretty much like like we said then, it comes oh, down to... He has 26 total yards. There you go. So he was only about 899 off. Could have been worse. I believe. <laughs> I'll be back again touting him this offseason. This one was almost as bad as far as like how many yards he, he hit the under. But he played a lot more games. That's Kenny Galladay. I talked about how far how close he was to his last year's yardage last week, despite playing a lot more games. 1,050 and a half receiving yards was his line. Dalton and I said under, Johnny said over. Pretty brutal loss for Johnny because that one was not even close. <laughs> that, that one was, was very bad for the New York football giants. Yeah, and I'll be interested who tries to talk us into him this offseason because that team keeps It's going to end up being me. I'm going to talk myself <laughs> in the Kenny Galladay by next offseason. So you can look oh, forward no. to that. 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 850 and a half rushing yards. We all said over. I think it, it would have hit if he didn't get hurt like every fourth game that he played. But alas, he's a little man. He's taken a couple big hits and has not survived them. That's pain. <laughs> Tom Brady, this is one that we all took the over on. 4,225 and a half passing yards. We, I think we all said this was a layup and didn't understand this one at all. He's almost at 5,000, or he might even be at 5,000. He, 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 lead, he leads the NFL in passing yards. That one was easy. Corey Davis over under 825 and a half receiving yards. We all took the under. That one was aided by injury, but I'll take it. Yeah, well, watching Zach Wilson play, I, I might bet the under on anybody not named Elijah Moore on that team this offseason. Uh, Michael Carter had some some nice totals. I bet receiving. I apologize. <laughs> this is not a Michael Carter disrespect podcast. Thank you. Tyree Kill, this is another one. Now, we all said over on this, so this wouldn't swing any, any results either way. His over-under was 1,350 receiving yards. He needs 113, so he could very easily still hit that number. But we all set over. So either way, we're all getting a point or we're all losing a point in the record column there. Isn't it funny that if I told you this offseason Tyreek Hill breaks the record <laughs> for his receptions and you right, said, right, oh, not, he, not he, his record, he just the Chiefs franchise record yeah. for receptions in a season. You would say, oh, then he definitely breaks his his yardage prop. And it looks like he's not going to without a really stellar performance in week 18, which he could have. Well, if he just catches uh, the deep passes. This week, it, it could it could happen. Uh, this one was a very bad bet for Dalton. I think Jalen Waddle probably has had multiple catches that have had more yards this season than Will Fuller. Jalen Waddle versus Will Fuller, straight up. I took Waddle. Dalton took Fuller. I'm taking my victory lap on that one. Even if Fuller played the whole season, Waddle is already a better player than Fuller. He would have beat him. We don't know about that. We didn't get to see it. Still a full season. Will Fuller will be back. Just like at the end of Endgame. When they say Thanos will be back, Will Fuller will be back. Dak Prescott, 4,825 and a half passing yards. We all took the under. It's going to be under. He's like 600 or 700 away from this line right now. I just want to say I am very upset that Dalton gets away with getting, getting out of this one with a point. Because you would have taken the over if you weren't scared of the arm injury. And the arm injury really hasn't mattered at all. He started off great. All the passing yards were early in the season. You just would have been flat wrong. So you got bailed out on this one. Don't hate the process. Love the results. <laughs> Joe Mixon, 1,100 and a half rushing yards. We all said over. We all believed. He is like at 1,200 and counting. I said not at counting. He's not playing next week. So thankfully he's already hit that. That would have been a very painful miss if he if he would have missed it by getting COVID the last week of the season. But Mixon had had an awesome season this year. And speaking of awesome seasons, this was a a W for you, Dalton. Justin Jefferson over under one thousand three hundred seventy five and a half. He is over. Johnny and I both said under. You said over, and he is he is like already at fifteen hundred plus, and he is going to conceivably get more with Kirk Cousins back at the at the helm this week. Let's go. I know I have an L coming up because Keenan Allen's name has not been mentioned yet. It, that that was a little later on. Uh, you've got a, a pretty big L, a couple of L's actually before that still to, to get to. So so stay tuned. Uh, C.D. Lamb over under 1,050 and a half. He has just barely cleared that. He's like 20 yards over that right now. So we all get a point there. We all set over. Miles Gaskin, 800 and a half rushing yards 
Johnny and Dalton took the over. Evan took the under. He is like 200 rushing yards away right now. He ain't getting that. It's possible. No. He needs 238 <laughs> yards in this last game. You never know, Evan. You never know. You know that's, what? That's you over a that's wrong. over a third of his production. Honestly. If you would have told matter. me Miles Gaskin and Bishop Sankey played for the same college team, I might have valued Miles Gaskin differently this offseason. I didn't know he was a husky till recently, and that's what went wrong. I think we've learned um Miles Gaskin's skill level um and proven me right just on the sheer fact that Duke Johnson has come in and immediately been more productive than, than Gaskin basically all season. Well, to be fair, if you would have asked me in the offseason who's the better player, Duke Johnson or Miles Gaskin, I would have said the used <laughs> leading rusher, Duke Johnson. Uh, unfortunately, I did not know that Duke Johnson would have been tossed around the NFL until he landed in Miami. Yeah, nothing about Duke Johnson could have told you that he might get picked up off the scrap heap. I'm just saying, I'm pretty good identifying these running backs who I don't think are like – quite as good as their ranking like last year's miles sanders we were on opposite sides this year miles gaskin maybe listen to me the third time maybe you just don't like miles <laughs> that's true but they're spelled differently so still it, i, I think mean, you have an issue with miles and i think well, i like i like miles mi more than miles my Re- really don't like the miles my spelling Let and speaking know. speaking of side bets that you lost gaskin a top 22 running back or not and you said top 22. I said not. He is not. He is the RB 27. And he played every game this year. And guys in front of Mavis did not. It is not. It is not easy to play every game this season and to be the starting running back for basically all of them and not be a top 22 running back. But Miles Gaskin accomplished it. I mean, he's almost there. He could still get there. But this bet, the like top 22, like the fantasy bets are through the fantasy. Through the, yeah, I know. So Well, some people, some unfortunate people are still playing fantasy football this week. Well, have fun with the bet. Have fun with any Bengals <laughs> in your lineups this week or, or Aaron Rodgers and company. Have fun with, with those guys this week. Another side bet that originally I thought I was going to win purely off of injury, but he actually just straight up outproduced him by the time the season was done. Devin Singletary versus Jamal Williams, straight up. Uh, you said Jamal Williams. I said Devin Singletary. Singletary's the RB24, Williams RB43. Now, it was closer than that um, by points per game, if you were doing it that way. But it was still Singletary 9.6, Williams 8.4. So, Singletary, I'm telling you, man, nice little player. If I could have had Williams one of those weeks where <laughs> there was no Swift, that would have been really close. It was almost there. I mean, it really wasn't because he also was hurt for for a month and finished like twenty spots behind Singletary. I'm just points per game. It was almost there. Could have could have had it. Yeah, could have had it, but you didn't. Uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, I can't believe we all took the over. Looking back on this, on Ronald Jones, seven hundred twenty-five and a half rushing yards. He's like at four hundred something. We all took the over. He's way under. We're dumb dumbs for that one. Uh, Justin Herbert. I'm a dumb dumb for this one. Over under was 4,550 and a half passing yards. You guys were on the over. I was on the under. That one, he's cleared that one pretty easily. I I don't have any authority to speak on the charges right now because I know that there's pain coming in this. The next this. one, Keenan Allen over under 1,050 and a half receiving yards. Johnny highlighted this one in yellow, wrote $100 wager highlighted in yellow next to it. 
he really wanted to make sure we didn't forget. Dalton took the under. Johnny and I took the over. And where is Johnny's Venmo for $100? I regret not having that uh, TikTok ready to play right now on the podcast. Pay up. You've gotten 15 of it. I still, there is still potential. He goes backwards 30 yards against the Raiders. It's not. I will impossible. bet you another $100. That doesn't happen. You know, I, I can't double down on that bet. I on try air. to give you a Venmo request um, discount, and you said no. Of a do- I'm going to pay you like you paid your fantasy dues over the course of four months in maddeningly frustrating increments that you I had to gave accounting me on. Two reminders, and I paid you every single reminder. <laughs> did I not? Did, not? did I not? You are you a liar. You will pull up the receipts. I'll pull up the Venmo transactions. You can pull okay. up the receipts too. Kyle Pitts over under 800 and a half receiving yards. Thank God he hit that. He He's way over that because he has no touchdowns this season. Pitts had a great year. Hopefully Atlanta someday has a quarterback who throws the good players the ball in the end zone. Pain. No, Atlanta's actually cursed. Their best receiving option will not score touchdowns. Julio Jones has given it to Kyle Pitts. Maybe maybe Calvin Ridley will come back and still score touchdowns someday. Some of us can can only dream. Will Calvin Ridley be back? That's a fun offseason fantasy topic. Would, not really, because we really <laughs> have zero idea. Um, Kyler Murray, over under 624 and a half rushing yards. Felt really strongly about this one. Turns out, not so much uh, injuries and just not very much rushing production, quite frankly. He's under that, and he's like half. He's like half of that. He's like 300-something rushing yards on the season this year. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence might have close to as many rushing yards, which Lawrence is a good running quarterback, but I think it's pretty close right now. And he, even if you told me that Murray missed a month, I would not have said he'd be in the 300s for rushing yards. Yeah, neither would I. Did I bet the under on that? Nope, we were all over. We're okay. all very wrong. Good. I was going to say, if I bet the end on that, there was some weird process going on in my head. <laughs> so this is the one right here. And I think I think Ben had a bad enough game the other night that he is going to go under. His over-under for passing yards, 3,995 and a half. He needed about 580 yards before Monday's game. And he needs about 480 yards, like 420 yards now. He's not hitting that in the last week of the season. So Dalton, I'm going to go ahead and give you the W on, on that. So you're now one, one game, one spot ahead, pending Antonio Gibson in, wow. in, in the overall standings. Uh, so not only did big Ben give me a fantasy championship yep. because I played against him, but he might give me this championship. If Gibson can do what I need. It's possible. Who the, who is the Washington football team? Play? The New York giants. Oh boy. <laughs> so I'm it feeling. is very possible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go about that one. John and I were both on the over on Big Ben. Not my fault. Big Ben stinks so badly. His uh did did anyone see his um passing chart from Monday night? You mean how it was all two yards? Not even that. There were like ten of them that were behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I can't believe they had him throw it fifty times. I that I mean it, I feel very bad for Big Ben because it's it's akin to elder abuse what we see the Steelers do every week with him (laughs) oh big Ben AJ Brown his over under was 1200 and a half receiving yards Dalton was over John and I were under injury partially but also he just wasn't having a good year before the injuries has come on strong down the stretch but 
it's been frustrating that he just it hasn't quite come together for him this year when it just it feels like it really should have especially with guys being out and like him getting even more volume because he's not a guy that I feel like the defense can really focus on and take away because if you're gonna do that fine just throw a bubble screen and let him take it 20 yards like I don't really get why he was so up and down this year oh I can tell you it's Ryan Tannehill next question (laughs) well yes but and I think honestly more more so down the stretch um Derrick Henry being out has completely changed how effective and how how that offense runs and how effective it is so I think I don't know what that says about dynasty going forward you would think there's gonna be a new quarterback there at some point but I think even with, and I'd have to look this up so no one quote me on this, even with his injury, he was like fourth or fifth in the league in uncatchable passes thrown his way. It's very, very frustrating because you'd see the stat line, and I know this because I was an owner of him, he'd have like 15 targets and six catches, and you'd be like, what is he doing? And then you'd you'd go back and look at some of the the throws. You'd be like, that's not a target. (laughs) That's an end zone bomb that went nowhere. So the next guy, I'm happy to say I was the only one to take the under on Odell Beckham Jr., 925 and a half receiving yards. That one obviously has some extenuating circumstances, but he's like at 500 and something right now. And it's funny, he's already – I'd have to look at the games played, actually. It may be more – it may be closer than I think, but he's basically already equal his Cleveland production in L.A. That – I just – I cannot believe Baker Mayfield. I know he was injured, but he – had been so bad even when Odell was there. That I remember the last two games, Baker missing Odell on deep routes where Odell's wide open. It's just very frustrating from yep. an entire standpoint. We might have wasted one or two years of what could have been a quality NFL talent because the Cleveland Browns. I, 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 I think Odell has had more than that wasted because there were some there, there were some years before he got there that were also not that is true. Great. And he's also had a lot of injuries too. So between bad quarterback play and injuries, it's been it's been tough for a guy that was like a generational talent his rookie year. This offseason, he just needs to have lunch with Matthew Stafford every day and get the Cooper Cup treatment. <laughs> no kidding. It, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I wouldn't think. Like, it just depends on what he wants. Because if he wants to try and win a Super Bowl, then yeah, maybe. Although I, I don't think Stafford's ever going to win a Super Bowl. But we'll see. That could get old ticks exposed in about a month. But not with the way he's playing, I don't think it will. But if he wants to win a Super Bowl or if he wants to go somewhere with like a pretty good quarterback and a clear need for a receiver. So his fantasy value very up in the air if he's on your dynasty team. Yeah, and he's getting old. And yes. we still have questions whether or not he can stay healthy at this point in his career. Yeah, although he's been pretty healthy this year, I will say. Mike Davis, over under 800 and a half rushing yards. Uh, we all took the under. We were all pretty smart there. That one was pretty safely under. Now, I will say. Cordell Patterson was not the reason why I thought that was going to be right, but it worked out. Should we go back and reevaluate how we came to the conclusion that just nothing in Atlanta would work on the run game? Like he was there and no one really mentioned him in the off season. Like we all knew that Mike Davis wasn't going to be the guy, but we just, well, I thought Davis would be the starter. And I think everyone thought he'd be the starter. I think we just thought he would be less of an every down back than other people because Outside of when he was pressed into duty in Carolina, that's obviously never been his role. Yeah, well, at least we got one season a quarter well, but I think that's all we're getting over. <laughs> we got we got like fourteen games. We got like fourteen games. Fourteen of, games uh, of Cordero. All right, Lamar Jackson over under nine hundred and a half rushing yards. We all took the over. This one's incredibly frustrating because he's at seven hundred and sixty-seven rushing yards in twelve games. So like he he was breaking that 
pretty easily if he even plays 15 of of 17 games this year. It just misses two games. So that one's pretty unfortunate. And he's been getting the Joe Mixon treatment the last four games where Harbaugh's like, yeah, he he could play. <laughs> he could definitely play, and he doesn't play every and then, week. And then now this week, uh, Harbaugh is like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say much about that. Not, yeah. not going to say much about it. Technically, this one could still hit the over if he plays this week and has, what, like 133 rushing yards, 134 rushing yards. But I don't think either of those are going to happen at this point, I'm not going to assume he's playing until he's playing with the way it's gone. Yeah, Lamar was probably on pace to be QB1 because he was the entire offense for Baltimore. And I think our offseason takes that he was being undervalued are still correct despite him. Yeah, he had a weird season. I know obviously their whole team had injured had injuries, but their receivers, or at least their two-man guys, were healthy enough. To, the passing at the beginning of the season, I mean, remember, he threw for – a million yards and like complete almost every pass and whatever game that was, was it against the Raiders? Or? The Raiders was the first game. Yeah, what, the well, but I, no, it wasn't that game. It was another, it was like week, like two or something. I think I don't remember who it was against, but, and he was passing the ball great to start the year. And it just, the passing definitely regressed as the season went on. So a little unsure what to make of that, but yeah, obviously he still would have been a very, very highly ranked quarterback. Um, just with the rushing. Yeah. Alone. Still top five this offseason. No one overthink it. Yep. So this next one, this is where we need Judge Judge Fam to to make his ruling. So this is the side bet. Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus J.K. Dobbins, who finishes higher. Now, obviously, we made this one before J.K. Dobbins got hurt. I know if you were purely placing this bet in Vegas, you would lose your money. But if it's a bet amongst friends, I feel like that's a null. That bet is null when the guy gets hurt before the season. If it's week one, it's fair game. But before the season, and even like not just before the season, but week one of preseason. So like very early on in our podcasting. That's my case. I will say since this is a friendly wager, side bet. No money is gonna be on the line. This happened like we made the bet when we thought they're when when they were both healthy, it should just be a, a null. But I want Will Fuller. Will Fuller played this year. He though. had he yards. He had he got yards. But he played two games. No, he got yards. He actually played this year though. Two games. But he played. How many did Dobbins play? Exactly. It's not my fault he tore his ACL. <laughs> well, you bet on Will Fuller, who you do could get hurt at any point during the Any season. player could get hurt at any point in the season. Well, can any player miss a whole season with a finger injury? Can any? I'm not going to say <laughs> wow. what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I also think, has to be null because we he only started one game. Ryan Fitzpatrick, to start every game this season, injury aside, like he, he started one game. I don't know what you do with that because he never had the opportunity to get benched or not get benched. So I think the point of that bet is well, technically he could have got benched in the first game. Technically, I, mean, I get he literally got hurt in I know. the first game. Could have been so. benched before the injury. <laughs> so I think that one, the whole point of that bet, the whole spirit of the bet is pretty much out the window when the guy gets when it's a season long. Will he get benched or not? And he literally plays like two quarters. So that one I also think is is null, which. Great for me that two bets that I well I still think Fitzpatrick would have got benched so I think we would have been a wash on the 
I'm no bets there. This one is funny. Mike Williams, week 10 and on, a top 24 receiver. Dalton says yes. I say no. He finished. Dalton, you want to guess? Are you looking at our spreadsheet right now or no? I'm not. Do you want to guess where, wide where receiver 25? Because wide receiver 26. And just like probably like three points. I have to pull up the rankings, but probably like it was literally like two or three points behind top 24. From week 10 to week 17? Yep, week 10 on. Oh, I hate my life. <laughs> so the player vets did not go so well, but I'll tell you what did go well. It's Actually, point eight points. <laughs> well, oh my god! Maybe literally if he, maybe one if, catch. Maybe if he were vaccinated, he would have uh, would have had a shot. Oh, to, that's pain. Where do you yeah. stand? In maybe points? you should have done your own research on his vaccine status a couple of weeks ago. In points per game, he's top twenty. <laughs> Well, too bad that wasn't the bet. So on player props, it was Dalton 16 and 11, actually going to be 17 and 10 after the, um, what did I say? What what did I say that you want? Oh, the Big Ben bet. The Big At, Ben. The, so you're going to be 17 and 10. I am now 15 and 13. Johnny now 14 and 14. Player bets, Evan 4 and 0, Dalton 0 and 4. And now <laughs> after team we mix two of them. Team totals, which did not go my way. Now, I will say, I made this point off air. I should have just bet what I felt the strongest about, but I really, like, I felt pretty strongly about these. Not not trying to cop out there, but I was going a little bit more for content. Like, I definitely would have said Lions under. I would have said Texans under, which would have been wrong. That would have been a push. So I at least would have got one. But Cowboys under, Chargers under, Dolphins over, all wrong. 0-3 for me. And then I did Dalton's versus Broncos straight up. Broncos had a real chance to win me that bet last week. They did not feel inclined to do so. So 0-4 on the teams. Johnny had Texans under four, which that at best is a push. So that's that's just a push. Falcons under seven and a half. That one is in play. They're at seven wins right now. Bills over 11. The best they can do is 11. Um, they're at 10 wins right now. So the best you can hope for is a push. So Johnny amazingly is zero, zero, and zero at the moment on, on, on team bets in week 17. And Dalton, Giants under seven in hindsight, a great bet. Uh, <laughs> watch the football team over eight and a half in hindsight, not a great bet. Saints Brian under- Fitz really hurt me by getting hurt. <laughs> Saints under nine and a half. Uh, that one was close. I, I think they're at eight wins right now. So the best they can do is nine. Obviously a win there. And then you were on the Broncos side or the Chargers side, excuse me, of the Broncos Chargers bet. Bet against any team that has Drew Locke on their roster next Yeah, season. I'm going to pull Dalton and be like, to be fair, if I knew that Drew Locke was starting any <laughs> games this year, I would not have made that bet. Well, Especially if one of those games was against the Chargers. I, I definitely wouldn't have made that bet. Well, I wouldn't have made the Washington football team bet. And this one I have some questions about because I don't understand how it happened. If their defense is – if you would have told me their defense would be bottom like 28 in the NFL – I would have called you an idiot in the offseason. I, I, I think maybe what you're looking for is like bottom four. Bottom 28. Yeah, bottom is 28. Very, I think that yeah. would mean top 28, which is very, you know, very broad. Take, but if you would have told me that in the offseason, I would have called you an idiot. And Well, and, and what makes it crazier is they were like the worst defense. Maybe it was them and the Chiefs neck and neck. And then Chase, get their generational talent gets hurt and they get slightly better not slightly much better. but just slightly better <laughs> so i don't know what's going on there um and also if you had told me heineke was going to start some games i still probably would have said the overheads yeah me too so it's, that's uh, 
Speaking of watching the football team, it's been just an outright disaster for uh, poor Terry McLaurin the last like six or eight weeks. Just, did, we just bet, bad. did we bet any props on him? No, nothing on McLaurin, but just have noticed a lot of painful looking game logs for him as of late. It's not been pretty. Yeah, well, when you watch Heineke throw the football 10 yards above his head, <laughs> it's never pretty. And when he catches touchdowns, it's like he literally almost dies in the end zone because he has to get because he gets like laid out because he has to completely extend himself and get get a rib shot to to catch a touchdown. So I don't know what to think about McLaurin and Dynasty because I love the player, but it's always if Washington can just get a quarterback, it's like, well, I think we've been saying that since RG3 tore his ACL in in the divisional round. So and this is a bad quarterback class we have coming up too. Not a not a lot of hope, at least for passers. I would be surprised if either quarterback is waving their no trade clause and Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson to go play at Washington too. Yeah. Well, you know, Terry is a special talent, so he is very good. There's a lot of other issues uh, with that franchise. One of which includes uh, Dalton. You almost had your dynasty team impacted by a stadium falling on top of your player. Very close. Yes. Luckily Jalen hurts is my quarterback for my bench, but (laughs) yes, the Washington football team tried to injure him by throwing the rebar at him from the stadium. At least it wasn't the sewage falling his way. Yeah. That would have hurt a lot less, lot, a lot less, but been a lot more unpleasant if it hit him. Yeah, the Washington football team, Houston and Jacksonville, all need to be relegated. We need to get three Canadian football league teams. That's my new take. So I could just run through. I don't really want to like recap these guys, but I'll just run through some of our um, sleepers, breakouts, bus, and my guys, just because. Um, and I also had some my guys that were not in this doc. I know I had Lamar Jackson. I did the newsletter for for half of my guys. I know I had him on here. I can't remember the others off the top of my head. I know J.K. Dobbins if he's not on here, which that one. Obviously, no. Um, so sleepers, Devin Singletary. And the deep sleeper for me was Larry Roundtree, which, hey, deep sleeper for a reason. Did not work out. He got a nice touchdown. He did. And he had a very cool dance after he did it. Uh, breakout, Brandon Ayuk, uh, looking good the second half of the season, was rough the first half. He's going to finish still as like a top 20 receiver. So I'm going to say Kyle Shanahan kept that one from coming all the way true. DJ Moore, we talked about DJ Moore pain last week. Did you know if he gets 116 yards for the fourth straight season, he'll have 1,200 yards and four scores? <laughs> oh, that's just uh, – I- I don't know what to what to do about that. Jamal Williams was one of your sleepers, which I think would have been a nice call had he not gotten hurt. Look um, good week one. Look great <laughs> week one. Uh, Irv Smith, obviously another one that I won't hold you to because he got hurt before the season. See how that works. Uh, breakout Tyler Lockett. It's been pretty much a similar Tyler Lockett experience to most years. Deontay Johnson. That's a great call. He's wide receiver eight right now, so that's a great breakout call. Let's go. Wait, do we get my deep sleeper of Elijah Mitchell? Because I know I picked him. Uh, I don't have him on this list. Well, he was definitely my deep sleeper on the before the week one podcast. Must have been a, a mental note that you made. Um, Bus, David Montgomery, Adam Thielen. Not a great call. This is my list, by the way. Adam Thielen, bad. He got hurt, but overall bad call on that bus. Miles Sanders, I mean, pretty, pretty decent call. And then obviously he got hurt, which made a good call. Derrick Henry, bad call. Very bad call until he got hurt. Dalton, DeAndre Swift, bad call until he got hurt. James Robinson, bad call until he got hurt. Kyle Pitts, uh, I would say that one's a decent call. Great yards, no touchdowns. He wasn't like a full-on bust, but he was a disappointment. For sure. I did make the J-Rob call before the Travis Etienne injury, <laughs> which definitely impacted how that one ended up. 
for sure. And then Alvin Kamara, which that one hasn't worked out, but he's been hurt. So it has made it look a little bit better on paper. Uh, are my guys here, and then we'll move off of this on to the MVP and the LVP. J.K. Dobbins, can't hold myself to that one, but I'll say I'm two for four on this one. Jalen Waddle, great call, great my guy call. T. Higgins, great call, great my guy call. Saquon Barkley, bad, very bad my guy call. <laughs> Dalton, it's kind of the same way. You've got one great one, one okay, two not good. Austin Eckler, great, probably the one of the better calls of the podcast. I'll give you that one. Terry McLaurin, eh, it's okay. That's it's pretty probably not fair. That hurts. He, he's probably right about at where he was drafted. I hear, I hear my rant about Ryan Fitzpatrick with wide receiver ones right now when you talk about Terry McLaurin. Uh, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which that one injuries hurt that one. But even then, I don't think he was going to be true my guy status. He would have just been pretty good, I think, this year it looked like. And then Rondell Moore, that was a deeper shot. It didn't work out. So it is what. First two games, he had 154 yards and looked great. <laughs> yep. It, it turns out. The play that was a broken play where he caught the ball with no within 20 yards of him, not exactly repeatable on a week to week basis. Do you think that there are players in the NFL who can do that? Rondell's the guy. <laughs> All right, Dalton, unless you have anything else to add as we look back at the preseason, I think we can finally get to MVP, LVP, and a little waiver wire hero. Anything else? I think that's all I have. It was a good season to work. I'm already excited to get into next season and get hurt all over again with all of my wrong calls. <laughs> all right. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start LVP or MVP? We can start MVP because unless you went off the road, I'm pretty sure we have the same guy. There, there are actually – I there was a thread today that I was reading, and I was surprised by the amount of names that people – had because I thought the same. I thought it was like, okay, it's got to be this guy. But as I was looking, I was like, you know what? There's like five guys that I think you can make a legit argument for. But we'll go MVP. Let me tweet out the link right now again. So if anyone wants to hop in for MVP, give us your fantasy MVP for 2021. So I went uh, playing white bread with this one. And just like white bread, this player, I thought the offseason was some same old, same old. It's Cooper Cup. So we're different. That's not what I have. Wow. So the way I went and kind of figured this out is the first thing I looked at was who added more points per game out of the top categories. So Josh Allen was QB one. He had 1.6 more points per game than Tom Brady. Derrick Henry is the RB one in points per game. He had 0.6 more than Jonathan Taylor. Cooper cup has 25.7 points per game. He has 4.1 more fantasy points than Devontae Adams. And then Mark Andrews is 0.7 above Travis Kelsey. So that's really uh, the first part that did it. He also only has one game less than 90 yards, but has a score. So every game. What did you say Cooper Cup was averaging points per game? 25.7. This is PPR. Not I was going to say, you've got to be looking at PPR. Yeah, I'm looking PPR. at half. It's, it's 21.5. Yeah, it's PPR. And sure, we are half point for podcast. <laughs> I know, but th this is just how I was looking at it. And he's on pace to join Jerry Rice, Sterling Sharp, and Steve Smith as the only triple crown winners in the NFL. That's receptions, yards, and touchdowns. So, I mean, he was just as consistent as he came. 
And the final thing that broke it for me between him and Jonathan Taylor, who I was considering, and that's was, mine. The, okay. Not 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 to keep the suspense. That that was mine. So it was between those two for me as well. My break was that like you could have really whiffed in your draft and he could have still won it for you in your first two picks because he yep. was like a, a later fourth or he third a, round yep, pick. He was a fourth round pick. So ADP is definitely in Cup's favor. I agree yeah. With you so that's why I ended up picking Cooper Cup. Um, but for those listening, I also played Cooper Cup in our finals and defeated him. So it is possible. <laughs> you defeated Jonathan Taylor, my MVP too. So yeah, I, not I in the final, but yeah. in the semifinal. Um, well, so let me ask you, did you consider Debo Samuel, who was more like an eighth round pick, but finished the year as the wide receiver three and literally less than one point behind Devontae Adams for wide receiver two? Yes. So Debo was also on my list. But I just couldn't go with Debo in part because of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, maybe a little pain there. And then as a outside Shanahan tree of Debo, fine. That Debo that is true. Uh, and then I also considered Jamar Chase mm-hmm. uh, almost strictly on his final championship performance. Yeah, and he he was so, I so I considered both of them as well. Debo for basically he was top three. He was an eighth round pick. So you could have built a juggernaut. And then had this guy emerge on your team. Uh, Jamar Chase, another one, like you said, almost purely off his championship week performance. But if you had Chase on your team, he had so many blow up weeks that he probably got you to the playoffs. Like he he probably won you three, four weeks early in the season. Yeah, imagine being a team that has Chase, not winning the week he blows up and not making the playoffs. Can't be me. (laughs) Could not be me. Definitely not. So I went with Jonathan Taylor. Like I said, it was between him and Cup. And it's funny. They're actually like one point apart in half point. Cup scored like one more point than Taylor this year. Taylor is about 145 points better than the RB10. Cup is about the same for wide receiver. But I think where the edge goes to Taylor for me is when you get further down. And you just look at how big of an advantage he gives you at running back he's like 20 points better than the wide receiver, like 30 or than the, than the running back 30 than cup was than to the wide receiver 30. Does that make sense? Like you can more easily find startable receivers in that like 30 to 40 range than you can running back. So I think just inherently the running back position, as we all know, is inherently more valuable in fantasy football. So I think that's, that's a big part of it for me because um, really unless you're starting a guy, like if you're looking in that range of just like season long, unless you have a guy like Sony Michelle who has emerged or just like another guy, like, I don't know, like uh, I think Chuba maybe finished a little higher than that, but a guy who is clearly in that range because of injury, you can't just pluck a guy down there. Who's not, not in that, not have the injury benefit and, and start him and have it work out most of the time. And we've talked about, I think this is another big thing too. We've talked about some of those running backs at the top and how their points don't really reflect the value they brought to your team this season. Anaji Harris at running back four. Zeke at running back six, who both those guys played every game to get there. Zeke averaged like 13 points. Once you get past Mixon and Eckler, it's pretty much guys who were injured, but still awesome enough to be top 10, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, or 
guys who just played every game and were pretty meh, like Najee and Zeke. And like James Conner, like had some great weeks for you, but he was up and down because of injury and because Chase Edmonds was there earlier on. And then you look at top 10 receivers like Devontae Adams, Debo, um, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill, and Jefferson. Like, I think those guys, even though the scores, like the total points, are very similar, I think they brought more value to your fantasy team than top than, than a lot of the top 10 running backs because they truly won you weeks and helped your team get to the playoffs. So I think that's uh, a big factor too. And just to put Taylor's season in perspective, he had more points than Alvin Kamara as the RB1 last year. And looking back at RB1 seasons, Christian McCaffrey had more than 400 points in 2019. Just ridiculous. That That's another... Another discussion. But for Taylor, after inexplicable games in week two and three where we were losing our minds, he was less than 50% snap share. He was single digits. And I think we even said, like, don't give up on John. Like, go buy Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he was a buy low. So if you you bought low. Did we expect this? No, we did not. But I think the, the process was, was obviously good and obviously worked out even better than we thought. But once he started playing the snaps after that, he scored double digits every week after that. And he scored more than 27 times, more than 25 or more than 33 times. Excuse me. It's yes. really hard to lose in those weeks when your running back does that. And he scored more than 50 one time. Yes. Yeah, so he had 51 <laughs> points one time, which is just absurd. He was so good that he's basically worth two running back slots, which I, I just think anytime a guy does that, it's just the most valuable thing in fantasy football to me. If I'll you had to. If you had Zeke and Saquon Barkley, you would get Jonathan Taylor's points per game. You could have had Zeke and Saquon Barkley all year or just had Jonathan Taylor. And I think that gives you like more flexibility to, to trade trade a, a running back, which is valuable, and get a better player at receiving. Like I think you have more team flexibility with a running back who, who's balling out like that. Well, what's crazy about Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, both of them, mm-hmm. is that in overall, they're fourth and fifth in points scored. Only Herbert, Brady, and Allen have mm-hmm. more fantasy points scored than those guys. And that's really hard to do at a skill position mm-hmm. to, to outscore quarterbacks. And I want to go back this offseason and see how frequently – I mean, CMC, obviously, his year. But let me look at 2019 players... and see if he was the number one because that was Lamar's crazy year too. But let me see if Christian McCaffrey – you know what, 2019 – or I'm looking at 2018. 2019. He was number two behind the crazy Lamar yep. Jackson season where but, Lamar only played 15 games and scored 420 fantasy points. But he was only behind, if you look at half point, which I don't know why, you and I, 421 for Lamar, 413 for Christian McCaffrey. So he was only eight points behind like the all-time quarterback season. Just insane. That's just insane. All right. Your LVP for the season. So I want wide receiver again on this one. Uh, I think there's probably like 15 running backs who could qualify for this, the way things turned out. Um, but I went with Allen Robinson because – I was fully ready for you to say Zeke and for me to have to fight you and fight for Zeke because I know I just crapped on Zeke a little bit, but RB6 is still RB6. Like it's still like valuable. No, I mean he didn't lose you any games. He certainly didn't win you any games. But Allen Robinson – and in part, this is because of how his season went. Um, he, I know he missed three games for injury, but even then, he was not going. He was the wide receiver eighty-two. He was not going to finish above wide receiver sixty. 
and he was drafted in the third round. Mm -hmm. So there was high draft capital on him. You likely went running back, running back, wide receiver, or wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Whatever outlook you were going, he didn't help your team, and he had nine straight games to start the season of single-digit performances. He actually never eclipsed double-digit and half-point. Uh, which is horrible, but he was also still making you start him because he was putting up just enough points. Was he, though? That's what I was going to say. Was he making you start him? Like, I think I think most people were pro- – you were starting him for a while, but it got. I think it got to a point where I would be surprised if too many people in, like, a standard 12-team league were starting Allen Robinson from, like, week seven or eight on. Well, and when you look at it, like, week one – he has a six and a half, and you you justify it because he's playing Jalen Ramsey at the Rams. Mm-hmm. Then he has a 9.4 against the Bengals. You should think, okay, we're getting things going. He drops back down to a 3.7. Then he's a 7.8. So he's just – he's right there on the cuff so frequently that it's incredibly frustrating. He finishes the season with six targets against the New York Giants for five and a half points, and that's part of the frustration – Weeks 15 and 16 where you got him back, if you were in some situation where you had to start him, which I don't think many people did, he was straight zeros in games mm-hmm. he started. He he wasn't injured. He played the full game. And then worst of all, I mean, he had 36 catches in total, and he's 82nd receiving yards and only had one touchdown. Just with the high draft capital you were spending on him, I just – he probably cost a lot of people their early season starts because mm-hmm. I would say you had him on your – you started him at least your first five games. Yeah, no, for sure. Game. You definitely got off to a slow start. But I think he at least spared you at some point in the season where you actually thought you could bench him. And that's more than I could say for my LVP. But real quick, before we get into that, we almost – we have a waiver wire hero coming up. We're almost at waiver wire zeros. And I have to say that if we did, it would have been Chuba Hubbard for me. You want to know something funny? He finished one spot – and three points ahead of Christian McCaffrey in more than double the games this year. Wow, that's very <laughs> hard to do. I didn't. I don't even know how you manage that. I know the the total game count was a little deceiving because, like, obviously the games McCaffrey played, you know, Hubbard didn't play that much, but it's still funny. Yeah, talk about well, and that's just a handcuff that will never be like his his whatever you call the starter. Yeah, it's not an Alexander Mass and Dalvin Cook situation. Um, all right, my fantasy LVP. This guy, I do think every week he was active, you probably started him. Unless you listened to Dalton the one week he was Dalton said the week, last week or two weeks ago. And that's Saquon Barkley. He played 13 games, really 12, but he played thir- he was active in 13 games, got hurt early in one of them. But he was the RB 33. Like, even in that amount of games, you would expect better from Saquon. You know, Christian McCaffrey played seven games and was the RB 37. Like, wasn't wasn't very far off. And you look at, like, you know, DeAndre Swift, 12 games. He's a top 20 running back. David Montgomery, 13 games. He's a top 20 running back. And then, like, Nick Chubb, cream of the crop as far as that goes. He plays 13 games. He's a top 10 running back. He's RB 10. So, Saquon... You either took him, depending on when your draft was, with a first or second round pick. And to take a running back that high and to have him just kill you week after week is just devastating to your team. And this is a this is a tough one for me to swallow because I think as the season went on, he looked like Saquon Barkley to me. Like, he looked great. The situation just became such that even he 
could not overcome it. I mean, everyone saw the stat. They threw whatever, well, 11 times and lost by like 27. It was like the first instance that I think it was Heath, Heath Miller or who he, not Heath Miller. That's the Steelers freaking <laughs> tight end. Yeah. Heath, whatever Heath's last name is at CBS. Um, found found that stat and like statheads didn't have any other game in their system of any other instance of that happening. The Giants are thirty second in every offensive category since Joe Judge took over. Like they they say he's gonna be back. I just can't. I can't see how that's gonna happen, but it seemingly is going to. So have I don't you know got what... a chance to listen to his prep post game presser? Oh no, Last... I don't listen. I don't listen. He to went time. on a he he went he was talking about how he knows there are players who played for the Giants, the NFL, who want to come back and play for the Giants and how things aren't as bad as they look. And they asked Kadarius Tony about it. And Kadarius Tony said, I didn't even listen to him. I mean, <laughs> you, I just, you, you cannot lose your locker room more than that man has, but sorry. Yeah. So I don't know where that leaves Saquon like long-term I'm probably like, he's probably going to drop like a third round pick next year, like early third, late second. I'm probably still going to take him because I just think that if the situation is just like normal bad, like it had been in New York before, I think he has a great chance to to smash that value. But this year he and the situation just killed you. He failed to reach double digit scoring in seven of 13 games. He got hurt against Dallas. So really it was six of 12, but still if, if Saquon plays 12 games, you'd think he'd reach double digits more than six times. And even if he did only have six of 12, you would really hope, okay, he's got a blow-up game, a couple blow-up games that really turned my week. Like, he won, he may have lost me some games, but he won me some weeks too. He only had more than 20 points one time this season. He only topped 15 points three times this season. Look back at 2019. Again, Giants, very bad back then too. His first three full games, he played two games, sprained his ankle, and then the first game he came back. He was over 15 points all three of those games. So he used to be 15 points or more just pretty much every week. Even when he was, quote, unquote, struggling, he was 15 points. And he just wasn't even close to that this season. And it's honestly just – it's depressing to talk about, depressing to think about. If you did make the playoffs with Saquon on your team, which you probably didn't, but if you did, you did not survive his seven-point outing in week one of the playoffs. But even if you did survive the seven-point outing – in week one of the playoffs, you definitely didn't survive his three-point outing in the semifinals. 20 total points in the playoffs weighted down for me, too. In weeks he was active, in weeks that you probably started him. So if you started Saquon, at best, you got fourth place in your league, I'm guessing. At best. Well, what's weird is in those three games, he didn't have a 60% snap share. So they weren't even giving him a full in any of those games. Mm-hmm. And... What makes me mad about this LVP pick is that a lot of people faded Saquon for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and it worked out for them. We knew he wasn't going to start the season off great because of his surgery. And anybody who was listening to reports early on knew that even when they were talking about him missing OTAs. And there are people who faded him for that reason. And that's not the reason he ended up bad. It's just that Joe Judge, since he entered the NFL, is 31st in touchdowns because he's such a poor coach. Okay, I've I've got a stat for you. I bookmarked this tweet. I have I have to pull up my bookmarks. It's right here somewhere. Oh, I'm on the half point. It's a I want to give credit because I'm pretty sure it's also Heath from CBS, but let me oh no, I didn't bookmark it. Well, that's no, I like the tweet. But this is a great New York Giants stat. Oh no, this is Warren Sharp. The first of all, two stats. 
One from Warren Sharp, one from Dan Orvalski. First one from Warren Sharp. The Giants, for the last five years, at any point, they have not been above 500 at any point in the last five years. That is remarkable. Not even 1-0. and oh, Not even 2-1. and one. So that's number one. Number two, specifically referring to this year, the Giants have scored one touchdown in their last 35 possessions. That's impossible. That's just, that's impossibly bad. I, <laughs> I can't believe that they're bringing him back. And if you were drafting Giants players this offseason, your hope is that he gets fired very early in the season. Mm-hmm. I'm in my I'm doing mental gymnastics trying to figure out if I'm going to try and trade for him off of off of Ty's team in our dynasty league. But I, I don't think I can do it. I there's I know I said I'd take him in the second or third round and redraft, but ah man, it's just it's just so bad there right now. And it situations change, they change every year. I just said Michael Carter. That New York team is like a normal level bad, and he was a top 30 running back and is not nearly as good as Saquon Barber. But yeah, I just uh it's so bad right now. I, I I mean, the fact that a team has Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley just hurts me as a fantasy player because they miss you. And now Kadarius Tony, even. Yep. I mean, all of those guys would be super fun to watch on even a normal functioning team. Evan Ingram is going to get a get a post-Giants bump wherever he goes next year, I think. Yeah, we'll call it the Adam Gase bump 2.0. So Devin Ingram, I still think he stings, but he's going to at least be like productive enough to be interesting next year if he goes to a good spot. All right, waiver wire heroes real quick, and we'll get out of here. Dalton, who is your waiver wire hero of the season? I thought this one was pretty easy for me. I went back and looked, by the way. Episode 44 of our podcast is where I picked this guy as a dynasty, uh, deep dynasty sleeper. Mm-hmm. It was Elijah Mitchell. Uh, first of all, week 17, if you had him on your team, you scored 20 points. Gave you a good shot at winning your playoffs. Uh, from weeks 5 through 13, he was 11th in points per game. I didn't just randomly pick an arbitrary number. That's when he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. And in total on the season, he was 16th in points per game. Uh, and when healthy, he had 63% of the running back carries and targets in a Shanahan offense. That's basically unheard of for any Shanahan coach team. We never see a running back get that much work, which is really uh, – I'm really sad because I'm probably going to be in on Elijah Mitchell this offseason. Nope. He's, which... a, he's, I'm telling you, when we, we're going to do a, a too early bust or like we're going to do like an overrated list pretty soon. And he's going to be the guy. He's going to be my number one bust right now. Is it because of Kyle stand. Shanahan? It's because I really don't think he's that good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's that good, he himself. Like if Trey Sermon ever gets back on track, I still think Sermon is the better prospect. Like, Elijah Mitchell is a good one-cut runner, and that that works for Shanahan. But he is not as good of an overall player as 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 Sermon. I still don't think, and I just don't. I don't think guys of his like. I think he's going to be the guy that people are propping up because of that volume, because of that offense as like a top fifteen to eighteen running back. And I'm just going to be scared to do that. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's Kyle Shanahan. Well, I'm all here for the Trey Sermon love. But I do think if you got him off your waiver wire week one, yep, I think this this was a clear win for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I know he was banged up here and there, but every week he played, he he put out points and he gave you a good shot at winning your games. So I thought there was a strong chance you were going to pick him. So I did not. I thought about it. I also wanted to highlight Rashad Penny a little bit here too. He was the waiver wire hero of all heroes in the playoffs. Him and uh, Amaran St. Brown. 
Uh, but Penny at the running back, I have a bias for good or bad at running back when it comes to these things for fantasy, because that tends to swing things a little bit more. In the first 12 weeks of the season, he did like literally nothing, was active like a couple times, had obviously was hurt, so like wasn't even around for a while. He came back for a little while and was like behind crappy veterans for a couple of weeks. But when he got his chance, he was like mostly great. He had a couple single-digit games, but he had three games of double figures. He scored more than 25 points twice, including obviously a huge game just last week. He's the RB1 from weeks 13 to 17, like a non-small, so almost a third of the season. Rashad Penny is your overall RB1. And I think total points. I think points per game, somebody may have had him just barely. But just absolutely absurd. And, and, And here's the thing. He was like legit good. It wasn't like empty stats. It was like what we were sold on Penny coming out of college. He's a big guy who should not be that fast and that big. Like, and... I've got this chart. Have you seen the Rashad Penny chart from uh, Ben Baldwin, Dalton? Who's in the I have not. Around? All right. I'm going to show this to you then. I want to share just the tab or just the window. If you're not watching our YouTube, you should watch. It'll give you a lot clearer picture. So this is the chart here. This is yards over oh, expected. I have seen this. Per carry versus run blocking. It was Jonathan Taylor pretty much all season, as you can see right there. Very high up. The size of the circle is volume. So obviously Rashad Penny, very low volume. But look at what he did when he got chances down the stretch. Look at how good that is. He's so clearly number. That's just insane how good he was down the stretch. Yeah, pour one out for the Chiefs running back duo down there in the far right corner with a great run block grade and poor runners. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, look at look at uh, Chuba way down here. Alex Collins way down here. Kamara, shockingly, uh, pretty far down here. Uh, tell me how you feel about that chart telling me Booker's better than Saquon. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Not great. Uh, yeah, just to follow up with that, though, just in the fantasy playoffs, I sent this tweet. It's from Graham Barfield. Rashad Penny was the RB3 behind only Damian Harris and Devin Singletary, um, which, again, shows you just how wild this season has been that those are the top three running backs in your fantasy playoffs. <laughs> in fact, Jonathan Taylor was only the RB8. Sony Michelle was the RB7. In, in weeks 13 through 17, I think Jonathan Taylor was the RB4 in that stretch too. So not even like top like running back two in, in that five-week stretch. Sometimes consistency is what matters. His 51-point game must have just got cut off of that stretch. <laughs> I will be interested to see his consistency score when the fantasy footballs come out with that just because. Well, he, of, he like I said, he was only single digits twice. He was yeah. double digits so often. It's going to be good. Can you name the last running back to score 50 points before Jonathan Taylor? Uh, well, probably Alvin Kamara last year, right? Yep. Uh, but he had a bazillion touchdowns. Yeah, six touchdowns. A bazillion to be to be more a bazillion to be statistically accurate. All right, Dalton. Anything else before we hop out of here at a way longer podcast than I thought? But it was a good discussion on a lot of different players. I thought anything that we should add before we get out of here. I think I'm good to go. Uh, thanks for all the Russian comments in the stream. Not sure what's going on there. <laughs> we had some of those last week too. So I know uh, I'm not sure if we've been hacked. Uh, everybody, if you're interested, keep a close eye on Antonio Gibson. That will determine if we have to have a tiebreaker. Um, playoff something or other again this year. We could do underdog player prop tiebreaker or something. 
Or Big uh, Ben could throw for 500 yards. Yeah, I don't. I just, I just don't think so. All right, we will talk to you guys. I think we'll be back next week. I think we'll try and keep it weekly through the Super Bowl. And then after the Super Bowl, it'll be a little less frequent. And then after the draft, we'll probably real after the draft and free agency, we'll really shut it off uh, for a little while, I think. But thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Perhaps when we return next week, uh, Johnny will be $100 richer. We'll see about that. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point for Pod. We'll probably be trying some stuff on all those platforms in the offseason, um, develop maybe some new new stuff for next year. Subscribe to the YouTube. That way you can see charts like the one that I put up on the screen instead of having to have me just explain it to you. And obviously listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, anywhere else. And we'll talk to you guys next week.